0: All right, looks like Hunter Biden is not going to skate as easily as was previously anticipated.
1: Now, we do have some breaking news. We just want to uh, bring you related to President Biden's son, Hunter Biden. He was appearing in a court in Delaware today in regard to a plea deal he had reached with the Department of Justice. He was facing multiple charges, two misdemeanor tax-related charges is what he had intended to plead guilty to. And in exchange in this plea deal, he was going to avoid prosecution theoretically on a separate gun-related charge related to lying about drug use when he purchased a handgun. Our understanding now is that that plea deal with the DOJ has fallen apart in court. We don't yet exactly have answers whether this means the de- judge denied that deal or not yet. We will bring those to you when we get them. But again, Hunter Biden's plea deal with the Department of Justice has fallen apart in court. Danny. got give
2: us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey. <laughs> Our freedom of speech freedom of death. We, we got, got to fight the power that hey. Fight the power
3: breaking news out of wilmington delaware from the hunter biden plea deal hearing our Kara cannell just ran out from inside the courtroom kara bring us up to speed
1: yeah john so as we as i went back into the courtroom the hearing had just begun again the judge was back on the bench and she was pressing the prosecution on this investigation and the four corners of this plea agreement one of the prosecutors said that the investigation was very much ongoing and that she asked him well what is not covered in this plea agreement if you were leaving the possibility for there being other future charges so then the judge said would this include a possible fair charge that's not registering as a foreign agent the prosecutor said no the deal would not include that it was at that point that she had said to the prosecution um you know if you were not good if you can charge that then what does this mean and the prosecutors Actually, she asked Hunter Biden's attorneys about that, and he said, well, then there's no deal. And the prosecutor said, then there is no deal. So Biden's team said that the plea agreement, as far as they understood, it was now null and void. They were moving ahead to talk about what the next steps would be in this case. So as of right now, the deal appears to be dead and off the table, and it remains to be seen how they're going to move forward. But he has been charged with those two misdemeanor tax evasion charges. But one thing we learned is that this investigation is very much still ongoing.
0: Now, there was some drama with this because CNN then came back out later and said, oh, no, it's actually back on the table. Hunter Biden is going to plead guilty and they're going to just honor this plea deal for the 2014 to 2019 charges. But he is still can still have future charges against him.
1: Hey, Dana. so the deal appears to be back on track after i was just out here the um, biden's team had asked for 10 minutes to speak with the prosecution they were doing that while the judge was off the bench then after a bit of period they came back the judge came on and she asked them where they are so essentially biden's team is agreeing to the plea deal but a much more limited in scope deal
3: so that was the update but now here is the actual final update prosecutors in this case and by Hunter Biden's attorneys falls apart in federal court in Wilmington, Delaware, just moments ago amid concerns from the judge in this case, Mary Ellen Norieka. I wanna bring in Terry Moran, who's covered the courts for years for us, and Olivia Rubin, who was inside the courtroom. Uh, Terry, first to you, uh, the big headline here, obviously unexpected, but primarily the fact that this broke down was based uh, solely on the fact that the judge in this case had real concerns about the structure of this plea deal.
2: Exactly, David, and it's a stunning development, it really is. After a five-year investigation and months of behind-the-scenes negotiations between prosecutors and Hunter Biden's lawyer, they came up with a deal that the judge really pretty quickly found ambiguities in, found that the parties didn't even agree on the terms exactly, and she was not satisfied with allowing Hunter Biden pleading guilty, uh, uh, accepting a plea deal that might expose him to future criminal investigation or otherwise it's amazing that they didn't dot all their eyes and cross all their t's before they walked into this courthouse they clearly wrote a plea agreement that they thought would satisfy both sides with a little bit of ambiguity in there and the judge put her finger on that ambiguity and the thing fell
3: apart before we go to olivia on color from inside the courtroom one other note terry just to cut through the noise on all this today this first appeared to begin to fall apart when the judge began asking questions about whether or not Hunter Biden believed that this would uh, give him immunity going forward to other charges uh, that could be coming. She asked the Justice Department if there was an investigation still underway. The answer in court was yes. Uh, When Hunter Biden's attorneys heard that, they then said, well, wait a minute, no deal in so many words. Uh, So the judge bringing up this notion Uh, that do you believe hunter biden that there will be immunity going forward uh, on any other potential charges that could be coming your way Uh, the fact that there was confusion on that she said well wait a minute here we should look at this very closely
2: that's it exactly david and this has been a problem since they announced the deal to begin with you may remember that hunter biden's attorney came out and said as far as we are concerned this deal ends the investigation And the U.S. Attorney for Delaware, David Weiss, issued a statement saying the investigation's ongoing. That conflict was in the middle of this deal from the beginning, and the judge merely put her finger on it in questioning Hunter Biden himself. One of her jobs in uh, presiding over a plea agreement is to make sure the defendant knows exactly what he or she is pleading to, so that it can't be appealed later, so that there's no confusion. And that's when she started tugging at it And it came apart.
0: Now, Noriega, Mary Ellen Noriega, the judge in the case, was nominated to this position. She is a President Trump appointee. Interestingly enough, she was a registered Democrat at the time that President Trump uh, put her name up for the bench and she was confirmed by the Senate. But she had also donated to Republican campaigns previous to that. Ballotpedia actually has her listed now as nonpartisan. I don't know if she's maybe left the Democrat Party, what have you. But what she said is this. I'm not going to say I'm going to accept the agreement. I'm not going to say I'll deny it. She acknowledged that uh, her probe threw a little bit of a curveball into the proceeding. So it has been deferred and... We have Hunter Biden, instead of entering a guilty plea and going with this plea deal, now entering a plea of not guilty. Judge Mary Ellen uh, Norica has rejected the sweetheart plea deal for Hunter Biden. The plea deal had covered Biden's tax issues from 2014 to 2019, drug use and a gun charge that were to be pled as two misdemeanors for the tax charges and a diversion on the gun charge. The judge left the door open for a revised plea deal asking for briefs from both sides on issues she has with the deals. And this is where this seems like a smart, at least right now, a potentially smart President Trump appointee. She had said that the gun charge getting a diversion, which is pretty much uh, for for two years or, or whatever, there's no issues with gun charges. It just goes away. She said that the, the diversion gun charge raised constitutional questions about her proposed role in adjudicating the gun charge diversion. The judge also questioned the tax charges, please, saying it just made her role a rubber stamp, leaving her no room to question whether the deal is acceptable. Good on you, Judge Mary Ellen Norica. There was, uh, but this didn't come easy. This came from some back and forth this morning and today in that Delaware courtroom.
3: And so Olivia, take us into the courtroom for that moment when it appeared to really begin to unravel, when she looked to Hunter Biden and his attorneys and said, do you understand this, that, uh, that there could be an ongoing investigation here, and that what you have agreed to here today does not necessarily make you immune to perhaps other charges. Again, these are all hypotheticals, but the judge's responsibility is to present this to everybody in the courtroom, that was the moment when you first saw a real challenge to this
4: it was the first moment david as you just laid out but it certainly was not the last and i think if there was one thing to sort of take away how this unfolded inside of that courtroom was the amount of times that the department of justice and hunter biden's team attempted to come together on this to convince the judge that they had Put together a good deal that they were both on the same side should anything go wrong down the road that they would be on the same side of this and that was never enough for the judge and there were multiple times where she pushed back on them she went through every single page of that deal with a fine tooth comb asking both sides questions they broke for recess at multiple points so they could tr- try to kind of come together on that. It was almost as if it was a uh, an in the moment live negotiation underway inside of that courtroom as they tried to fit this together into something that all sides could agree to. In that moment that you noted uh, when the prosecutor essentially stood up and said there is no deal here that came when uh, they could not agree on exactly what he was being covered by.
0: Of course, Hunter Biden's people wanted blanket immunity. That's why this whole thing was vague in the first place. So they could give him blanket immunity without it saying blanket immunity or being so obvious in the plea deal so they can come back later with other charges and go, hey, but he already pleaded this and they could make that case in the future. Wow. Wow. Now, this for those of us that were watching this real-time, it was not a roller coaster, but it, it had changed, right? No deal. Yes, the deal's back on. No deal. Delayed deal. But this whole thing started to come off the rails yesterday with shenanigans from Hunter Biden's legal team. Republican Congressman Jason Smith
5: just filed a brief with the judge, entering into evidence the IRS whistleblower testimony. Basically a legal move to get the judge to think, you know what, are you really going to let this guy off so easy? And Hunter Biden's attorney called the courthouse clerk today and pretended to be a Republican attorney and told the clerk, oops, you know what, we didn't really mean to file all that whistleblower stuff. Can you guys just strike that from the record? Seriously, Hunter Biden's lawyer made a phony phone call to the court and tried to remove the whistleblower testimony, He called and impersonated the opposing lawyer. Hey, this is a Republican attorney Chris Clark. Never mind that amicus brief. Just forget about it. That was an accident. Good day, young lady. Was this Hunter sugar brother's idea? You know, the one who was ripping bong hits off his balcony in Malibu. This sounds like the kind of caper you cook up when you're on cocaine. Hey, guys, you know what we should do? We should just call the courthouse and pretend we're the other lawyer. Democrats just called this whole investigation a clown show and Hunter Biden's lawyers are making prank calls to the judge on the eve of the plea deal. You can get disbarred for that. This is so brazen. Either Hunter thinks he can get away with anything or his legal team is panicked that this judge is actually going to toss the plea and Hunter may have to serve time. The judge, a Democrat, was furious that Hunter's lawyer tried to pull one over on her clerk And the judge is now ordering Hunter's attorneys to explain themselves by 9 o'clock tonight
0: or be sanctioned. Do we really think that anyone on the Hunter Biden legal team is actually going to get disbarred? This is what they said. This is is what happened. Technofog tweeted out, Attorneys for Hunter Biden respond to all allegations of deceiving the court clerk to remove documents from the docket. It was a misunderstanding. There was no misrepresentation. And then here's the letter that they got last night by 9 o'clock in which Lotham and Watkins says, Your Honor, we write this letter and provide the accompanying affidavit in response to the court's oral order directing that counsel for defendants show cause as to why sanctions should not be considered for misrepresentation to the court. The matter under consideration appears to stem from an unfortunate and unintentional miscommunication between the staff member at our firm and employees of the court. We have no idea how the misunderstanding occurred, but our understanding is there was no misrepresentation. Our staff member, who serves as our Director of Litigation Services, represented her affiliation with Latham & Watkins LLP to the clerk with whom she spoke earlier today. Both her phone number and her affiliation with Latham also typically appears on the caller ID, which typically shows Latham. We hope this letter and the attached declaration dispels any suggestion that the undersigned counsel or our staff would have ever intentionally misrepresent or mislead the court with respect to any matter. You know what? And you know why this letter was slide? Because that letter is, that letter says it was a misunderstanding the Bidens get away with everything, or they get a not even a slap on the wrist. I mean, it's not, not even a slap on the wrist. It's more like a caressing of the wrist is what Hunter Biden is getting with this sweetheart plea deal. It was so brazen that they figure, hey, if we get away with it, great. If not, we'll just say it was a misunderstanding. He said, she said. And I thought that was kind of... When, when I saw the reporting that it was a phone call, I'm like, did she... Is it like star 79 or star 99 or star 69 or star 39 where you block your phone number? So they'll blame it on some poor clerk who will probably lose their job because that's how things operate. All right, while all this was going down, guess what Fox News was covering? What's a distraction? Oh, UFOs. Have you noticed there's been a lot of UFO news? I don't cover that nonsense. It's BS. It's a distraction. And that's exactly what Neil Cavuto was doing just a little while ago on Fox News. The big news is the Hunter Biden plea deal. Oh, no, 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 not for uh, Fox News. It has to do with all the UFO disclosures. Yeah, yeah, we've got to distract the masses with that one.
3: Go to Congressman Scott Perry on that, the Pennsylvania Congressman, uh, Committee on Oversight, Accountability, House Freedom Caucus chair, a lot more. Uh, Congressman, that was an interesting little uh, bombshell in the end of Chad's report. Um, that those who uh, argue that that these aliens or their hardware exist and that they've
6: run into it, seen it, and some have been injured by it and saying when it comes to these aliens, whatever you want to call them, uh, by both them and our own people. What do you make of that? Okay, then I kid you not.
0: They go on a three-minute discussion about alien encounters or military, U.S. military encounters with alien, and they call it alien. They don't call it extraterrestrial. They don't call it ET. They don't call it uh, unidentified. No, they call it alien technology. They go on for three minutes before they even get into the Hunter Biden discussion, which is the original reason why Neil Cavuto had had this interview set up with the congressman. Three minutes
7: Well, look, these are obviously sensational claims, but they come from three very credible witnesses, all with military experience, all with, uh, uh, you know, one with a particular intelligence background, but all three with security clearances and uh, with firsthand knowledge, especially the two naval aviators. We need to know what we're dealing with here, and if, it's, and if it's not harmful, if it is extraterrestrial and not harmful, then why must it be classified? Why can't American citizens know about it? Uh, and I think those are reasonable questions that we demand answers to.
6: You know, I, I'd like to get your answer to this latest breaking news. It's pretty big news at that. Uh, Congress sent out a plea deal that President Biden's son, Hunter Biden, had reached with prosecutors that could be falling apart.
0: Unfreaking believable UFO sightings, that's big news. Hunter Biden, plea deal, the the son of the sitting president who, you know, according to them, he is the legitimate winner of 2020. We know that he's not. We know that they rigged the election on his behalf. This could be a big story as well, the plea deal of Hunter Biden. Do you see how the UFO story got elevated by Neil Cavuto over at Fox Business over the Hunter Biden story, absolutely incredible. Now, the Republicans are wasting no time in making it seem like they're going to do something. We now have news that Kevin McCarthy is maybe thinking about impeaching President Biden. But like I've said, and I continue to say, talk is cheap, show us some real action.
3: House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is raising the possibility of an impeachment inquiry against President Biden. He made the remarks during an interview on Fox News last night while weighing in on the Republican led investigations into the Biden family's business dealings
7: when president biden was running for office he told the american public that he's never talked about business he said his family has never received a dollar from china which we now prove is not true we've only followed where the information has taken us but. And this is rising to the level of impeachment inquiry, which provides Congress the strongest power to get the rest of the knowledge and information needed, because this president has also used something we have not seen since Richard Nixon, used the weaponization of government to benefit his family and deny Congress the ability to have the oversight. I believe we will follow this all the way to the end, and this is going to rise to an impeachment inquiry the way the Constitution tells us to do this, and we have to get the answers to these questions.
0: There's plenty of evidence for the House GOP to actually do an impeachment. Look how quickly the Democrats moved on their sham impeachments, one and two, against President Trump for the perfect phone call with Zelensky and for supposedly the whole january 6th insurrection bs now let's be very clear Kim mccarthy is not talking about impeachment he's talking about an inquiry he's talking about preliminary steps to get more information as if we don't have enough information enough evidence and proof to impeach the bastard known as joe biden already is it's not impeachment It allows Congress
7: to investigate by giving Congress the full power to get the information they need. It's the way people should go about investigating. So let me put,
0: put yourselves in our place. Doesn't matter who's in the majority or not. No, Kevin McCarthy, put yourself in our place where we realize it doesn't matter who is in the majority or minority because it's a uniparty and the same damn thing will happen. They will cover for Biden. They will drag out this whole thing. And the Republicans are feckless. They have no cojones. They have no gumption. They have no chutzpah. They have nothing. They just play a role of opposition against the establishment, but they really are part of the same thing. Just a whole bunch of processes where it's just spinning the wheels. But. Nothing ever happens like a hamster on a wheel in a cage. It's just for amusement, but not for any results. It's all a fugazi, a fugazi. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all a distraction. It's all meant to seem like something is going to happen, that they're working towards it but they move the goalpost and never get there.
7: Should you ignore that or you should investigate that? The only way you can investigate that is through an impeachment inquiry so the committee would have the power to get all the documents that they would need. What I said last night, and I continue, I said it before, when more of this continues to unravel, it rises to the level of impeachment inquiry where you would have the Congress to have the power to get to all these answers. I would think the Biden family would want to answer these questions as
0: well. No, they don't, Kevin, and you know that. They're just going to obstruct. Even Corinne Jean-Pierre won't answer any questions having to do with the impeachment inquiry. This is her today in the White House press briefing.
1: Look, I'm not going to get into hypotheticals. I'm not going to get into what the House Republicans may or may not do.
0: Five-second answer. I'm not going to get into hypotheticals when asked about Kevin McCarthy and the impeachment inquiry. And I'm sorry, that was actually from yesterday's White House press briefing. She was asked today about impeachment of Merrick Garland. And this is what she said about that today. McCarthy
3: floated this idea of launching an impeachment inquiry targeting Attorney General Merrick Garland and the focus here, according to the speaker, would be Merrick Garland's weaponization of the DOJ. What's your reaction to that idea? So
0: as you've heard me say repeatedly over and over again at this podium is that the President respects uh, the the Department of Justice Independence. Uh, it res- he respects the rule of law and that is what you're going to see under this administration. So I'm not going to speak uh, uh, to uh, to any any anything uh, uh, that is uh, related to that. If there's anything you can give Corrine Jean-Pierre, Biden's spokeshole and cover upper supposed press secretary, you can give her credit for being very consistent and being a liar and a deflector. Now, I don't know, maybe Mitch McConnell was jealous that Kevin McCarthy in the House was getting all of the attention, so there was apparently a little bit of drama with Mitch McConnell today. If you're not aware, Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House and the leader, I'm putting that in air quotes for those of you listening to this, of the Republicans in the lower chamber of our legislative branch. The House of Representatives or Congress, and we have Mitch McConnell as the minority leader in the Senate. Of course, he should be majority leader, not because he's great, but because we should have had the Senate. I hope you realize they didn't just steal the election for Joe Biden in the executive branch. There was hanky-panky in Georgia and other places to give the Democrats a majority in the Senate. Anyway, this is what happened with Mitch McConnell today.
3: We do have some breaking news to report concerning news, that is that Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, pictured there, just appeared to freeze during his weekly press conference about halfway through a sentence as he was speaking. Well, good
7: afternoon, everyone. Uh, we're on a path to finishing the NDA uh, this week. It's been good bipartisan cooperation, and a string of. Uh,
8: Hey Mitch,
2: anything else you want to say? I'm sure let's go back to your Do you want to say anything else to the press? I'll take it go ahead, John. I'll take it Let's go back to you. Go ahead,
3: John. So this is the, uh, we're coming up on
7: the
0: one-year anniversary of the IRA. Did Mitch have a mini stroke did Mitch have a senior moment? Did Mitch have a breakdown in his programming? Maybe there was some sort of MK Ultra trigger that was off camera that we we didn't see. I mean, who knows what happens? Uh what happened, excuse me? What was happening there? But don't worry, he's fine. Nothing to see
3: here. Move along. Move along." Armano Raju was in the room as this happened. And, Mano, I wonder if you could describe what you saw and what you're hearing now from McConnell's office.
0: Yeah, Mitch McConnell, this is every week. He gives a weekly press conference, talks to reporters about the issues of the day. And he began his remarks, his opening remarks, talking about the legislative business that is happening in the United States Senate. Then he abruptly froze, causing some uh, questions, some alarm among some of his colleagues, and the suggestion that perhaps they should end the press conference hastily. And he later went back to his office for some time, then returned to answer some questions ultimately said he was fine he's fine nothing to see here his programming breaking down right in front of us move along move along
8: i wanted to introduce into the record page 55 55 from the committee's interview
0: before i go on to the next clip i want to interject this one we just saw this malfunction or medical situation or i don't know age-related brain fog of Mitch McConnell. But it wasn't the only weird thing in the last week similar to that that we've seen in D.C. We also have this. Uh, During the hearing with Representative Plaskett, check out her aide. Okay? While while Representative Plaskett was, was asking questions in a congressional hearing her aide literally sat behind her and mouthed all the words as Plaskett read them. Then Plaskett messed up a word and the aide jumped up to correct her. She had said, uh, represented when she should have used the word misrepresented. But what's catching, I won't say the internet by storm, but what went a little viral here, watch her, she's apparently memorized the speech and she's mouthing it, but look at her eyes. Is it the Hunter Biden dust? Is it programming? Is it demonic possession? For those of you who are watching this and not seeing this, just think of those white dolls with big eyes that's in those, uh, and I mean like white porcelain dolls, not, not ethnically or racially white, but those porcelain dolls that are always scary in those scary movies with big old eyes. In horror movies, I think, we can probably go back to Twilight Zone, those types of visuals. And that's exactly what we saw behind Plaskett as she was testifying in this hearing and the world was observing some very strange facial behaviors, some very strange uh, facial things going on and behaviors of Plaskett's aid.
8: With FBI employee Roya Demlo, who you just spoke about, which took place on July 17, 2023. Uh, In that line, she says, uh, the question was asked, okay, if someone were to leave here today, were to leave this interview and were to suggest or imply that when you said the laptop was real, that it meant that the FBI had affirmatively determined in October, 2020, that the laptop belonged to Hunter Biden, that the contents belonged to Hunter Biden and that the contents had not been manipulated in some way. Would they be representing what you said? Correct? Answer by Ms. Demlow. They would be representing what I said because I don't have much knowledge of that. They would be misrepresenting.
0: I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but that's typical of the Democrats. A white liberal telling a black liberal what to say. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. Is this just, is she autistic? Is she on the spectrum? Is she possessed? I mean, the eyes were weird or maybe she was just so attentive to what Plaskett was saying that when she was able to correct herself, she wanted to get the attention for coming to her boss's rescue. I don't know. Put your thoughts down below.
8: What I said, because I don't have much knowledge of that, uh, because this committee likes to misrepresent or leave off complete sentences of what individuals said. I'd like to introduce this into the record. Right no time. Thank you. Uh, and as to no comment by an FBI, that's usually what they say.
0: All right. Since we're talking about Washington and the legislative branch, Matt Gates working on something that we absolutely need to be worked on, something that President Trump has wanted to end, something that is just absolutely ridiculous. I don't think any other country does it besides us. And that is birthright
6: citizenship and the ending of anchor babies. I have introduced legislation to end birthright citizenship as we currently know it. And we ought to end it as we currently know it because birthright citizenship by fraud has started to predominate in a few areas and in a few industries. So let me give you the background. In 2021, 400,000 anchor babies were born in the United States, outpacing the births in 49 states. So how has it come to this? How have millions of illegal aliens managed to cross our borders illegally and break our laws? That's easy because
0: it is the by design plan of the D.C. Uniparty. The old Cloward-Pivens plan to overwhelm the system, ushering in full-blown Marxism, as if we kind of already don't have full-blown Marxism as I speak about this with, you know, a fake president in the Oval Office and all, who opened up the border and said, hey, everybody come in as his secretary of Homeland Security lies and says, we're doing everything we can to stop them as millions of millions of people continue to pour in,
6: have children, and work toward citizenship by fraud. Remember, unlawful entry into the country is a crime. It's not one we ever prosecute with any force or deterrent effect, but it is a crime. Anchor babies on our soil create this indefinite sanctuary for the parent. And that doesn't really make sense with a coordinated, organized immigration system either. So an erroneous interpretation of the 14th Amendment has found its way into the Immigration and Nationality Act and is now the law of the land. That's why I've introduced the End Birthright Citizenship Fraud Act of 2023 to amend the Immigration and Nationality Act to reflect the original intent of the drafters of the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment reads, quote, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and the state wherein they reside. Insanely, and against the wishes of many of the drafters of the 14th Amendment, the powers that be have interpreted it to give citizenship to virtually every human born on American soil. This is not a standard that is largely recognized in the modern world. I have a friend who immigrated to the United States. He was an attorney
0: in Mexico, practiced law in Mexico, but was a businessman, started a business, married a Mexican-American woman, moved here, well, not here to, to Utah, where I currently am, but Orange County, California, and I asked him. One time we were having dinner together and I asked him, someone I used to do business with, and I asked him, I said, how hard is it being married to a Mexican woman for me to get Mexican citizenship? Is it automatic? What if I go to Mexico and have children with my Mexican wife in Mexico, all my children were born in the United States, but I gave him this hypothetical and he laughed. It's not that easy. And that's not the case in most of the Western world, except for the United States. It's ridiculous. And this needs to be changed. It should have been changed years ago, but with Biden's porous open border and many of these people not having American values coming in illegally, break, thus breaking the law as their first act of being here in the United States. With these millions of people that have come in, we cannot let their children
6: automatically be citizens and in america the key limiting term subject to the jurisdiction thereof has been totally cast to the wayside and disregarded despite the supreme court having never ruled that the 14th amendment grants citizenship to anyone other than children born to lawful permanent residents constitutionality of rules and misinterpretation
0: of law. That's just the purview of and the MO and the way that the deep state operates. I mean, look at the fact that we have a stolen election of 2020. We can just go back to many simple rules that were changed by unelected bureaucrats, even though the Constitution says that the elections are the responsibility, the authority, and the purview of state legislators. But, you know, Constitutional, constitutionality be damned. When they want their way, whether it's Obamacare, anchor babies, or, or stolen elections, the Constitution goes by the wayside. Who cares if the Supreme Court has never interpreted it the way
6: that it's being applied? They haven't really ruled on the meaning of the clause, particularly subject to the jurisdiction thereof. So, despite what you may have heard about this unqualified birthright citizenship, it's not ensconced in the 14th Amendment. At least the Supreme Court has never said that it is. And I'm confident that if they did rule on the subject, they would find that subject to the jurisdiction thereof is a limiting clause. If it weren't in the 14th Amendment, a greater group of people would have access to this birthright citizenship, but subject to the jurisdiction thereof is clearly a limiting clause, meaning that only those subject to the jurisdiction of the United States would be granted citizenship under the 14th Amendment. Those not covered are at the mercy of Congress, whether you like it or not. And we, as the Congress, have every right to exercise power to determine rules for citizenship and naturalization. After all, Congress has this power in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 4 of the Constitution, which says, quote, to establish a uniform rule of naturalization. That is the statement of the rule in the Constitution as to Congress's powers over this area. You see it every day. You see it on the border. You see it in our communities. Our country is being invaded. The whole world is laughing at us, taking advantage of us and our foolish immigration laws. We cannot be victims of a stupid loophole derived from a misinterpretation of the 14th Amendment. No one really believes that this is what our founders intended. I'm going to end
0: this report and this episode with this last part of what Matt Gates says. Remember, we are a republic. We are a representative form of democracy. I know saying that's a loaded thing. I agree with you. I don't like the term democracy because democracy in its purest form is mob rule. But we are a form of democratic government or democracy where it's a government for the people, and by the people. We just don't have mob rule. We have a representative constitutional republic. I, I, Anytime the word democracy is mentioned in any of my reports or videos or podcasts, it sparks that conversation down below. So if you ever hear me say the word democracy, it's not generally going to come from me. It's going to be from me reading something or reporting on something or quoting someone. But if I ever do say democracy, be well aware that I am well aware that we don't have a mob democracy in the United States. We don't vote on every single law. If we did that, we wouldn't be able to farm and, and be farriers and all the other things that our founding fathers were concerned with. That we could have representatives to represent us in Congress, in the executive branch so we can go about our daily lives. This last clip is a call to action because we must participate in our own government and in the formation of the laws of this
6: land which we are subject to. We don't need a constitutional amendment all we need to do is amend existing law. And that's why I'm leading this fight. Call your congressman, tell them to vote for the End Birthright Citizenship by Fraud Act of 2023. Thanks for being here. Big hug to all of y'all. We love and appreciate your support.
0: As we continue to produce the show, we'll have yet another episode for you tomorrow. Until then, ciao, goodbye. God bless. Gotta
2: give us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey. <laughs> Our freedom of speech. Is freedom of death. We got the fight, the power.